Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price, and I'm here with my co host, Greg Hockert. Greg, the Big 12. 1-0, the Pac-12, 0-1, at least in the Texas Tech versus Cal matchup. Um, well, the Big, 12, the Big 12 is perpetually undefeated against the Pac-12 since we helped destroy their conference. <laughs> that's that's a great point that you bring up there. Um, were you able to were you able to catch much of that Tech versus Cal game? Not really, I'll be honest. I watched a drive, um, and I saw Baron Morton toss a touchdown pass, and it was I think that made it twenty one to fourteen and Cal didn't score the rest of the game. So yep. I, I didn't think I missed very much. Um Texas Tech with another bowl win just to get some optimism around the program. Oh absolutely. headed into twenty twenty four. I can't wait to deny them being the darlings of the conference next year once again. Can Texas Tech ever be the darlings? They they don't they play a villain role. They're not they're not that likable in my opinion from an That's outsider's. Fair. But I do think that some of the new schools, <clears throat> Utah, might be looking to play that villain role when they join the Big Twelve next year. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I kind of think they all get. I kind of think they all get humbled. That's just my my opinion. I mean, Utah will be good, but I don't think they're going to – I think one thing that's really overlooked in this conference realignment is, for the most part, schools and, and programs have reputations. You know, Oregon runs their offense a specific way. Um, UCLA with, with uh, Chip Kelly um, – you know, they, like these coaches, obviously, like they're not there for not all of them are there for 10, 15, 20 years. But, you know, they're, they're there and they build consistency year over year. And so you kind of get similar things year over year with a few changes here and there. When you completely move conferences, you are seeing each one of these teams for the first time. Utah will. I mean, I guess they played Baylor this year, but Utah is going to see. Oklahoma State for the first time. Utah's going to see, I don't know who else was on their schedule, but they're going to see, you know, seven new teams, seven or eight new teams for the first time. And that's going to be, I, I just think, I think people overlook that. I don't know. That's just, that's just my opinion. No, that's, hey, we value your opinion here, Greg. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, no, that'll be, that'll definitely be uh, something that we will obviously be keeping an eye on next year. Um, but yeah, Greg, let's go ahead and just talk about this uh, Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Uh, as we know, Greg, where did this game take place? <laughs> the great town of Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which it actually was a, a good night for football, I'm not going to lie. Um, so as Greg mentioned, Cal scored 14 and... Texas Tech ended up winning by 20, so the the final score was 34 to 14. But it it was weird to get there. So I'm not going to go through the entire game, but I just want to make this note. So Tech wins the coin toss instead of deferring to the second half. They 
elect to receive the kick, the opening kick. Opening kick goes well for Cal, I guess, because Tech fumbles on the on the kickoff. Cal picks it up, so they're they're st- Cal starting on the 20, and they score on the first play. So you're like, if you're Tech, you're like, this this game could not start any worse. But then, sure enough, Tech is able to uh, not worry about that poor start and make it make a nice comeback. They were down 14 nothing or 14 seven at one point, and then sure enough. They hold Cal to a scoreless three quarters, and then obviously Tech pulls away. But I do have to mention, Greg, I wasn't I, – I guess I don't know if I noticed this earlier in the year or just didn't talk about it, but Taj Brooks is one of the most patient running backs I've ever seen. Like, he gets the ball, and he's just kind of like dancing around in the backfield find, waiting for a hole to open, and as soon as he sees a sliver of daylight, he is through the hole – Gaining at least three yards, even if it's just a broken play. He's he is able to make two tacklers bring him down, at least two tacklers, and then gain three yards. It it's it reminded me a lot of Oklahoma State's Jalen Warren uh, from their 2021 season. He was just able to be patient, find an opening, and then never never fall backwards. Always be following forward. So that was just something that I noticed in that game. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's all. That's all I really got. Tech, tech definitely I could, I could this be game. wrong. I, it looks like he's got another year of eligibility as well. I think he does. So I, before the bowl game, I believe he announced, or at least, quote unquote, announced that he was coming back next year. So that'll be that'll be good for them. Uh, I believe that they also have Baron Morton coming back. So having your your two best players coming back, and then also I'm sure that they're going to hit the portal here pretty soon and get some get some more wide receiver talent well, and, I, and I, I i was gonna say i forget what his name is but they've got a five-star receiver committed that's like big time one of the best receivers in the country um i forget his name but he's from texas um and will for sure be a day one starter that dude looks different that's all i'm gonna say so yeah they, they don't screw a, it up tech you should, <laughs> you've got some talent yeah, they have a solid offense, and then definitely in the second second half of this game, they were able to turn it up solidly on defense. So, good solid win by Texas Tech, and starting bowl season out for the Big 12, 1-0. That's what we like to see. Hopefully, hopefully we'll, we can make that 9-0. Yeah, I guess that would be... I guess 10-0, te- but I don't yeah, know if you Texas and I want... Wins the championship. I don't know if we want that, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't really... I don't, I don't really know if I care... We'll see. <laughs> I don't know if Fair I have enough. a rooting interest in this year's playoff. Fair enough. Anyone but Michigan. Oh, I I could not agree more with that. You and I are on the same same exact wavelength there. Um, Greg, do you have do you have any notes that you want to hit out of the portal? I don't I don't really have anything. Um, I do want to mention that here. I guess at the end of bowl season. I'll be doing like like short 10-minute podcasts, little little episodes on each team's season and then what their portal and recruiting outlook is like for the future. So that'll be that'll be coming out after bowl season, but do you have any significant updates that you want to let the people know about, Greg? No, I mean, if if you're if you're a fan of a particular team and you're worried about a player that's left, I mean, 
chances are he's he's taken his visits by now, being that it's now the dead period. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a strange time, and I don't I I don't know Tanner. We don't we don't have to like fully get into it. It's just a strange time in college football, and I think you see the ramifications of um. Not necessarily. I, I don't think NIL is to blame. I think I, I saw this somewhere. Someone made a really good point that it's the transfer portal that is making NIL what it was not meant to be, which NIL name image likeness. That was supposed to be a tool for college athletes, namely, you know, football players being that they that's the most popular college sport to be able to profit. Um, off of their name, image, and likeness, a.k.a. basically their performance on the field. Um, But with the transfer portal and the NCAA coming out and basically saying, well, screw it, you can transfer unlimited times with no repercussions, no consequences, don't have to sit out a year, whatever. It's now become, you know, like everyone says, college free agency. But it's worse because there are no contracts in place. So a team can lose 25 players in the blink of an eye and have to replace every single one of those players. So I think it's it's I think it I think the transfer portal is a good thing, but but I think that there need to be there there need to be limits. There needs to be a, a, a better governing body than the NCAA. They're not going to do anything. We've we've been down this path in IL. Uh, in my opinion, being a fan of the Big 12 and, and some of these teams are eventually over the course of the next 10 years going to get the short end of the stick. I think there needs to be a salary cap because, Tanner, we we may be getting left behind. Missouri's out here pulling top five recruiting classes. Missouri, they suck. <laughs> they haven't won anything uh, outside of uh, this year. They, you know, they had a solid year in like 15 years and Nebraska just basically bought the number one quarterback in, in, in high school, um, given he does have a relative that apparently played at Nebraska, but still he was committed <laughs> to Georgia. So you, you have programs that have been completely, you know, in, in, in the dumps that are now buying their way back to relevancy when uh, it, not, not through the authentic win on the field, recruit your players type, type way. So I don't know if you had anything to add to that, Tanner, if you wanted to give your two cents, um, but that's just I, I think there needs to be I'm not smart enough to come up with those changes on my own. Uh, Chip Kelly had a really good mini rant about it in his postgame presser after UCLA's bowl game talking about conference realignment, NIL transfer portal. It was like two minutes. He had his proposed solution. It was like a, it was literally like a, an elevator pitch. He was like, boom, boom, boom. Here's what I think we should do. And here's why. And uh, and I thought it was genius. And it's kind of been making its rounds. And, and, and that made me think um, just of the bigger picture of, of college football. Yeah. Greg, I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of the Pony Express? Yeah. S- S- SMU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. SMU. So I bet. So there were a lot of uh, not great things going on at SMU in the 80s. But I bet everybody that paid smu in that time is so upset right now and obviously they're buying themselves back into uh making it on the national scene but smu got the death penalty for what what is legal now if i were an smu donor i would be very very upset with what is going on in college football today 
There are, yeah, there there are a lot of situations like that. SMU being the biggest one, um, but even Tanner, our you know our uh, our Oklahoma State Cowboys, they they got probation in in the late '80s for for stuff like that. Oklahoma, same deal. Um, I, I saw, uh, I think it was Barry Switzer, the uh, one you know famous Oklahoma uh, head coach from 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 the '80s, who said it. NIL basically stands for now it's illegal. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everything they used to do in the past was illegal, did it under the table, all that stuff. Well, now it's legal. That's what NIL means. And you have major college football voices that are out there saying, if you're not tampering, you're going to be left behind. Tanner, what, what is this sport? What, is, what does that even mean? Like, if you're not cheating, you're going to be left behind. Where are we at society today? <laughs> uh, Mike Gundy reference part two. <laughs> Thank you. I, ever since you, you appreciated my first one, so I had to, I had to add, bring a second one. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it very much. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> well, Greg, we are at in society uh, this season that we like to call bowl season. Um, and with that being said, last week we picked – the first five bowl games, we were right on one of them. Great job, Tech. Uh, and now we are going to go ahead and pick the next four. And maybe the week after Christmas, we'll pick another one. We'll see about and, this. And Texas. Just, just to clarify, um, we, d- we didn't go one for five. Um, we're recording on uh, Tuesday, December 19th, and only one game has been played. So we're, <laughs> one, we're one and oh, not Correct. one for five. The other Correct. games being that there's nine of them. Kind of hard to preview all of them uh, in one sitting. Uh, so, yeah, I think we left off. I think the last one we talked about was Oklahoma State and Texas A&M, which is Wednesday, December 27th. Correct. So now we're going to be talking about number 25, Kansas State versus number 18, NC State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Let's go. This is I'm- by far – the bowl game I am most excited for outside of Oklahoma States. Why is that? Because the winner gets to take a bite out of a live Pop-Tart mascot. Is that not the coolest thing? (laughs) Like that's how you make bowl season relevant again is doing stuff like that. So whoever the, whoever the marketing geniuses are at, at whatever, I don't, I don't know. Pop-Tarts its own company or is it Kellogg's? I think it's Kellogg's. Whoever the marketing people are at Kellogg's are geniuses. Yeah, yeah, that is that is great. Um, so as of right now, Kansas State is favored by two and a half points. I'll go through my best win, worst loss, strength and weakness really quick, and then Greg and I can pick these games. Okay, so NC State's best win, I thought, was against North Carolina. First of all, in-state rival. Second of all, you beat them by 19. That's that's a fantastic win. They won 39 to 20 in that game. I thought a comparable win was against Clemson. They won 24 to 17. I I don't know if I didn't write this down, but I don't know if either one of those were home or away. But still, those are two solid wins. But I thought their worst loss was to Duke, also an in-state rival. They lost 24 to three in that one. So only putting up three points in that game definitely showed. Um, sign of weakness against Duke, but their strength by far and away, their best strength was their run defense. They were ranked 16th in the country for that. And 
Their biggest weakness was probably their passing offense. Um, did I? I might have missed messed up there. I, I believe that their strength was their rushing offense. Sorry, 16th in the country. Their passing offense is ranked 100th, and their rushing defense is ranked 75. So I, I had a little bit my wires crossed a little bit there. But the run offense is solid. Their passing offense is fairly weak. Um, Greg, who do you like in this one? I was going to say, this is bad podcasting. I'm not quite sure their rushing offense is great. Their leading rusher is their quarterback, who's ran for 544 <laughs> oh, yards. Yep. Nope, I was I – I think you were right the first time. I was right. So their strength is their run defense, giving up uh, the 16th least rushing yards in the country. Their rushing offense is ranked 75th in the country. That's, that's more like it. Yeah, to put it into context um, – their best running back or their top running back is their third leading rusher. It goes QB one, Brennan Armstrong is their leading rusher. They have a wide receiver who's their second leading rusher. And then they have their running back. I'm assuming starting running back who's their third leading rusher. So that tells you how their rushing offense is. But uh, I will say Brennan Armstrong, he he is a good quarterback. He was a, a, a pretty some pretty highly sought after portal QB target. I just remember Oklahoma state going after him last year, uh, transferred out of Virginia and um, don't know if you can say the season's panned out for him on a personal um, statistics level, the way that he thought uh, has only thrown for 1600 yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, is also the team's leading rusher with 544 yards. So um He's been their offense, um, good, good, bad, ugly. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, and then Kansas State, obviously. Um, I think they've been one of the worst hit teams in the portal this go-round. Um, obviously, losing Will Howard, um, I, I, I don't think anyone's that concerned, being that it's, you know, Avery Johnson season. Uh, but then losing some of their key defensive backs, uh, Kobe Savage, their safety, and I'm forgetting the cornerback's name. I think it's Will something, but he committed to Texas A&M already. Um, so, yeah, Tanner, I, this is tough. I, I go back and forth on this game. Um, I really do. But I think I'm going to take NC State. Um, just, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I, I respect that pick, but but you go you go for it. I I just I just don't know if. Look, I like Kansas State. I'm going to be cheering for them. I I think that mm, I don't know. Now I'm second guessing. Now I'm second <laughs> guessing because I'm kind of like, well, well, if I pick NC State, I kind of have to cheer for them. Also, I think the ACC is completely, you know, it's it's bush league compared to um, any other conference. So I don't know. I, I may I may I may be changing my mind. Why don't you pick Tanner and I'll 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 maybe just copy you. Well, I know that K-State has been hit by the portal heavily, but I like what Chris Kleinman has done in Manhattan in the Little Apple. They are my third favorite Big 12 team, and I'm going to I'm going to ride with the Wildcats all day. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, I'm going to stick with NC State. I may as well. I, that, that's what my gut was telling me, so that's who I'll go with. I also, I, I also don't think that we're going to have too many um, opposite picks, so this would be this would be good to have a little a little competition. 
a little bit of difference, yes. I think we are on the same page for most of these bowl games. Um, but, I mean, as we've seen already this bowl season, um, I will say that I think the underdogs are, are winning a good majority of these games. So just yeah. to watch out. Okay, next we are going to talk about the Valero Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. Yes, my, my uh, other favorite bowl game. <laughs> We have number 12, Oklahoma, versus number 14, Arizona. And actually, surpri- maybe even surprisingly to some people, Arizona is favored by three in this game. So, let's go through Arizona's stats. I thought that their best win was against either number 19, Washington State. They won 44-6 to in that game. Or against number 11, Oregon State. They won 27-24 to in that one. Um, and their worst loss to me was at the beginning of the season when they lost to Mississippi State. They lost 31-24 in that game. Um, their strengths, I, I had to pick two here. Their run defense is ranked 19th in the country, and their passing offense is ranked 12th in the country, while their run offense is ranked 79th in the country. So strengths, weaknesses, best loss. Uh, any surprises for you there, Greg? Uh, not not really. I mean, they They've been on an absolute heater as of late. They've won six straight after starting off three and three. Um, and one of those losses, actually two of those losses were in overtime. One of those, you mentioned the Mississippi State loss, uh, that was in overtime. And then they lost to USC in triple overtime. That game was um, crazy. So this could have easily been a, a, a 10 and two team. Um, one that was competing maybe a little bit more closely for uh, a Pac-12 championship. But, yeah, I don't know. This is uh, this is interesting. And then OU um, with uh, without Dylan Gabriel will be interesting to see. And, and without an offensive line, honestly, <laughs> will yeah. be interesting to see what Jackson Arnold looks like. I think that it could be it could be difficult for OU to put together. Uh, much offense being that, like you mentioned, Greg, their entire starting offensive line uh, is transferring. I think they'll probably try to run Jackson Arnold quite a bit. If I had to guess, that'll be interesting to see. They did that at the end of the BYU game. They did. I forget if it was like a little bit of QB power. It kind of looked like Kansas state to me out of nowhere, just in OU uniforms. Um, but they, at the end of the BYU game, um, when Dylan Gabriel, uh, was, went out with the, um, head injury, uh, and Jackson Arnold stepped in, he, he looked really good, um, well running and throwing, but in, in, in what I'm talking about is, is his uh, running ability. So I think that could be an option. Who do you yeah. have in this game? I don't know if you're I, pick or not. I'm going, I'm going Arizona on this one. Future big 12 member. Um, OU has been hit relatively hard by the portal, um, and they're going to be starting a inexperienced true freshman. While he is a five-star, one of the top recruits in the country, um, I think that with Arizona not losing too many players, I I think I have it. um, As of Sunday, they they had only lost six players to the portal. That's really good. Yeah. They'd only lost six players to the portal, so um, I expect Arizona's, obviously with the team more intact, um, I expect them to pull this one out. I agree with you. Um, I, I kind of wanted to go the other direction, but I, I do agree with you. I think Arizona has been um, very hot as of as of really the second half of the season, uh, and then you add that to the fact with um, just how many 
how many portal departures OU has had. Um, I think this will be a low-scoring game. Um, OU has not had too many portal departures on defense. It's been more so on the offensive end, at least from what I've seen. Um, I assume Danny Stutzman will be playing in this game since he announced he's coming back next year. So I kind of see this as a low scoring game, maybe, um, you know, maybe a late defensive touchdown, like pick six or, you know, forced turnover uh, seals the deal for one of these teams. I I think it'll be close. Um, I don't want to write OU off just because of of everyone they've had go into the portal. Um, I I mean, at the end of the day, you're starting um, you're, you're, you're starting the number one ranked quarterback of the 2023 graduating class. Right. Uh, 2023 yeah. graduate class. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to be without talent, but you will be without some experience. So for that reason, I'll take Arizona, but I think this will be close. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. OK, Greg, let's go ahead and talk this Iowa State versus Memphis game in the AutoZone Liberty, Liberty Bowl. Um, this is essentially a home game for Memphis. I, it's I. I think it's being played in their stadium, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's being played in their home stadium. Um, so it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely a home game for Memphis. Um, but Iowa State's currently favored by nine and a half points. That's not really a shocker to me. Um, going going through Memphis's schedule, I I thought that their best win was against Boise State, 35 to 32. Uh, I believe Boise State played in the Mountain West Championship game. I think they lost in that. And honestly, Greg, I looked through their losses. They're a 9-3 and three team. And I didn't really think that they had a bad loss. Two of their three losses came against the American Athletic Conference Championship game players. Um, and then their other loss was to Missouri by a touchdown. So... I, I didn't really feel like they had any bad losses per se, um, but they did lose three games. And then yeah, let's see. Yeah. Memphis's strength, definitely their passing offense for sure. It was ranked 13th in the country, and then their weakness was uh, pa- their passing defense by far, giving up – or they're ranked 112th. So I, I fully expect Rocco Beck to take advantage of yes, that secondary. Yes, sir. Give me <laughs> Rocco Beck one last time this year. Yes. Yeah, no, I think this plays in Iowa State's strengths, strengths a little bit. I think it's it's uh, it's always tough to throw the ball on Iowa State. They've got, I mean, they've got some studs in the secondary. I don't know if DJ Tampa's playing in this game or not. I, I truly have lost track of who's playing and who's not. Um, if he's playing, I, I mean, again, uh, I, I think Memphis will struggle to to move the ball down the field. But with this being a glorified home game, and I would say, I would say maybe a little more added motivation to be playing in this game. But also for Iowa State, you have a team that was was basically written off. Uh, I think they're, uh, they're they were picked 12th in the conference. I want to say maybe 13th, but I think they were in the 11 or 12 range, um, and and ended up putting together a really solid season. So I like Iowa State. Um, to, to win this game. I, I don't know how confident I feel about them covering though. Yeah. I also like Iowa state in this game that, that nine and a half point spread is uh, to me, you, you said this before we started recording Greg, but this is, that's kind of a trap, a trap ish number where you could, you can get caught somewhere in, bet- in between 10 or seven to me. 
Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with with that game. And then finally, we are headed to the college football playoff, everybody. I think we all knew that, but I just wanted to say it again. Uh, we have Texas, number three Texas versus number two Washington in the All-State Sugar Bowl. It's the CFP semifinal, and Texas is favored by four and a half points. You, I, I, I'll run through uh, Washington's stuff. So I, first of all, they didn't have a loss, so I couldn't give them a worse loss. Um, they beat. You can give Oregon. them a worst almost loss. <laughs> well, they, they almost beat. lost to Arizona State at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's a. There you go. There's your worst almost loss. But they beat Oregon twice. The first time they played Oregon, Oregon was ranked number eight. They won 36 to 33. The second time they played Oregon was ranked five, and they won 34 to 31 in the Pac-12 championship game. Their other best win, I thought, was against a. Number 11 Oregon State team. While they did only win by two, uh, that that's a solid that's a solid victory. Anytime you can beat a top 15 team um, on the road in the pouring rain too, that yeah. was a that I, that was one I thought for sure Oregon State was going to be able to pull out. They had they were they had all the you know the Pac-12 were dead where the we were the school left behind. You know they had all those. All those talking points. That, that was a really good win. Yep. And then their strength, by far and away, their passing offense. They're number one in the country in passing yards per game. Absolutely. Michael Penix Jr., just a fantastic quarterback. And then their two weaknesses, their rushing offense was ranked 98th, and their passing defense was ranked 120th, which to me plays into the hands of Texas big time. I kind of feel the opposite. I, I, I kind of feel like this may not be the greatest matchup for Texas. Um, I think if you were to pick a weakness on their defense, you'd pick the secondary. Uh, and again, that's very tough being that this is one of this is probably one of the best defenses in the conference. Um, but I think you would have to pick the secondary. And if Washington's not going to if they're not going to run the ball, and try to and try, against I, sweat and and all those guys there's I mean, no way there's no way they even really try to run the ball they're gonna have to throw it and they're gonna be throwing it against a secondary that that's struggled at times this year um and then on the other side of the ball um i know that they lost um i know that they lost was it was it um oh, who they lose to the acl injury brooks Jonathan brooks yeah yeah so they lost Brooks to the ACL injury. I, I mean, they they don't do and I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see. They they they're going to have some of the best playmakers on the field in AD Mitchell and, and Xavier Worthy. Um, but Texas likes to be balanced. They like to run the ball. Um, and I think um, their their two uh, their second and third string running backs looked really good at the end of the year. Um, especially in the uh, conference title game. So their their second their second string running back actually at the beginning of the year was the starter before Jonathan Brooks took the job from him. So still Texas starting running back quality running backs that they that they have even in their second and third string spots. So definitely an eye, something to keep an eye on. Uh, with Washington having the best passing offense in the country and then having one of the worst passing defenses in the country. 
I wouldn't be shocked if this is one of those CFP semifinal games that's just a hundred total points or something, something ridiculous like that. This also makes me think, and and this is kind of just a your you know the 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 stats that might not necessarily be telling the whole story is Washington does have one of the best offenses in the country. They've gotten up to leads on people. Other teams have been forced to throw the ball on them to try to catch up. So it could be one of those situations where, you know, Washington all of a sudden is up 17 in the second quarter and, you know, Stanford's game plan goes out the window. So they just have to sling the ball around the yard and hope for hope, hope something good happens. So um, I do know Washington with former OSU cornerback Jabbar Muhammad uh, is not inept in the secondary. Um, and, and they, um, they have made some really good plays this year. I, the Arizona State game I mentioned was a pick six, uh, I believe, uh, in what was – was it a tie game when he got the pick six? They won by eight, so I'm thinking they may have already been up by like one point. But Arizona State was driving to win the game, and um, they intercepted the guy and ran it back for a touchdown. So uh, I don't know. This is definitely, in my opinion – we have one of the better playoffs we've had in a long time and that you get Alabama and Michigan in the Rose bowl. I mean, that's just, it's a classic bowl game, two classic teams with the helmet logo. I mean, that's going to draw so many eyes. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll be a close game. And then you kind of have the, the edgy, you know, the, the news, new kids on the block. And, and yes, Texas, I'm talking about you too. Um, (laughs) haven't haven't really been in this situation in a long time i mean washington's made the playoff um but but they got uh they got beat pretty bad when they made it you know seven or eight years ago so i'm excited i think we get a good playoff yeah it should be should be a good game should be a good playoff should be a good bowl bowl season but yeah greg do you have uh do you have anything else that you oh wait before we sign off here, I think you and I both need to make our locks. Well, we also need to make our picks. I don't think we picked this game yet. Oh, shoot. I was oh, – gosh, you're right. You're right. That's on me. Who who are you going with here, Greg? I'm going with Texas. I, I think they'll get it done. I think they're the better overall team. Um, I – yeah, I, I think that their defense is going to be able to come through for them um, and slow Washington's offense down enough to be to be able to win this game. Heck, yeah. I'm also going with Texas in this one. I it's going to be to me it's going to be a high scoring game and I think it's going to be whoever has the ball last is going to win the game and I think that'll be Texas. So we shall see. Um I think we mentioned this last week but Greg and I are going to take a week off for Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh and I believe also yeah bef- then before the next time we talk uh also, Happy New Year's because we will be in 2024 by then, which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, all right, Greg, let's 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 hear your lock of the week. Oh if you, man! If you haven't prepared, are, are we, we, are we I can making go one or are we making two because we missed last week? Let's go with let's go with two. Let's okay. just make it tougher on ourselves. Okay. Well, for a fact, I am taking Oklahoma State. I um, do we how about, have to how about take this? it? How about this? Let's just say Greg and I are both taking Oklahoma State to beat Texas A and M. Uh, currently, they are well. I, I was going to say, do, do we do we just, have to take what they are now? Because I I I bought into this line before it's jumped in OSU's favor. <laughs> well, 
we can take it at whatever point because you and I both think that Oklahoma State's going to win. So that's take true. it there. Hey, I will say there was one instance this year. Shout out to UCF <laughs> <laughs> for missing an extra point and still losing a game. I picked them to win and picked them as my lock. They were a two and a half point favorite. <laughs> Any other situation that they lo- that they lose that game had it not been a mixed extra point would also not gotten me the cover, but because. They missed the extra point and only lost by one. I covered. So it does technically matter. But, yeah, I will say I um, I was all over this when Oklahoma State was a three-and-a-half-point underdog when shortly after this line um, came out. Also, so, Greg, depending on where you look, they are one-and-a-half-point underdogs now. Interesting. Yep. I, I will I will stick to what I had because if we were doing this last week I think they were three and a half three three and a half point underdogs at the time and and this was our lock I'm I'm saying this is our lock for last week so yep um, I think I'll, for, I'll take for Oklahoma State at plus three okay I I mean I'll even take them at one and a half I'll take them at half I don't I don't care they're they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna win the game um, okay Greg who is then your second lock. Ah oh, man, I, that that's really tough. Um, these are these are pretty pretty solid spreads. You know, I think I'm gonna. Mm, do you have one in mind? I do. I don't know how much I love it, but I'll just say it. I UCF minus four and a half. Oh, <laughs> that was one I was leaning towards. Um, that to me. I think UCF's six and six record is a little bit deceiving, and I think that the strengths and weaknesses that I laid out last week, UCF's strength plays perfectly into Georgia Tech's weakness. So I'm gonna go with UCF minus four and a half. You know what, Tanner? I'm gonna tail you, and I'm also gonna go with UCF minus four and a half, <laughs> and we are gonna have the same locks. And uh, you know what? I, I I don't care. I don't care if it makes for a bad segment. Um, I feel not I, – I agree with you. UCF's record is, is deceiving, um, and I, I something I mentioned earlier, and it stuck with me, is I just don't – the ACC was by far the worst of the Power Five conferences this year, by far. That's a um, great point. I think the Big 12 was, was fourth, <laughs> but I think that the ACC was a distant fifth. Uh, and a 6-6 six and six ACC team that needed – uh, Miami's coach. Now I say needed. Uh, this was back in September, but still, if he didn't do this, they wouldn't be in a bowl game. Not kneeing the ball with like a minute left in the game, and then the running back fumbles it, and Georgia Tech scores to win. Um, like I said, that's what they get. But uh, yeah, they wouldn't even be in this game without Miami's um, stupid coaching decision. So I'll take UCF minus four and a half as well. All right, we love it. Well. Greg, do you have anything else that you want to say to the good listeners? No. Uh, ha- have a Merry Christmas. And, yeah, we will uh, we will get back with you guys. We'll see if we've got a, a, a national championship to preview. Heck, yeah. All right. Well, everybody, if you would not mind telling your family, friends, uh, coworkers, whoever, whoever you talk to on a daily basis, uh, let them know about this podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you would do that. And then also – be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at around the underscore 12. And then we are on Facebook at around the 12 podcast there. We 
appreciate your time, and we hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye.